If you happen to listen to this podcast, this episode, or if you listen to a few and you think they're okay and you enjoy them, or if, by God's grace, something actually helped you, would you mind just sharing it? If you want to. If you don't want to, then don't. Uh, by all means, I think that's that's totally fair. But I, I thought I'd just ask. You can share it on the, uh, on the old interwebs, on the tweets or the, the faces or the whatevers. I'd love for you to share it if you enjoy this. If you think someone else you know might enjoy it, will you share it? And if not, don't. That seems fair, yeah? This weekend, Stephen, my name's Stephen. Thanks for listening. It means more to me than you may ever know. That's really true. Last week, I talked about uh, my brokenness a little bit. Remember that? When I was broken? <laughs> and a good friend of the podcast, a, 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 a super gracious and very kind supporter, uh, his name is Lance. He visited the website and left a comment about that particular topic, the idea of um, kind of being broken or just our own humanity, uh, the things we struggle with, that kind of stuff. And basically, I think he said something like, I don't have it in front of me. Um, he said, I would love for you to talk about that some more uh, because sometimes uh, uh, other Christians or a lot of Christians don't really want to talk about that, the idea of kind of being broken and our own failings. And I'm I'm adding my own commentary to his comment. It was a little more succinct. Um but I tend to do that anyway. What's the deal with this? You know, some people don't like to talk about the the things we struggle with in life. Um, and I think he wanted me to talk about why I think that we should, why I think that's okay. So here's the thing. I think that, you know, you, we, we hear lots of people say things like, you know, we have more in common with each other than, than the things that we don't have in common, or we are more alike than we are not, or we're more similar than we are dissimilar. I think in a lot of ways that's true. Obviously, in a lot of ways, uh, we are really different from each other, whether you're talking about cultural differences, uh, folks of different nationalities, different faiths. There are, there are a lot of things that separate us from each other in terms, or I should say maybe not separate, differentiate us one from another. We are unlike each other in a lot of ways, but there is one thing I believe that all of us ac across the globe share in common, and that is what I would call our brokenness. I think we're all broken. Put more simply, we all have stuff. We all have things that we deal with, whether uh, it's baggage from our past, whether it's bad habits, whether it's things that we do that we don't want to do or things that we know we should do that we don't do. If it's behaviors, personality traits, whatever you call it, however you want to categorize it, I think we all share in a sort of common brokenness and because of what I believe about God and Jesus and the way he feels about us, I think that in a really strange way, our common brokenness can be kind of a beautiful thing. Now, this is something that I heard a lot when I used to work uh, in churches full time, you know, that we don't want to celebrate our sins, right? People would always say, I don't want to glorify my past, but I did some bad things, but thank God that I'm not who I was and I don't do those things anymore. But these are the things that I did, <laughs> right? I understand the thinking behind that. I don't, I don't talk about my brokenness because I think that I should in some way worship the things that are wrong with me. But that's not really what I'm trying to do. That's not what I think any of us should try to do. I think that we should confront our brokenness 
not so that we can worship those things, but to give us a better sense of how much we should actually worship God, because he, or she, God, loves us and cherishes us in spite of, in the face of, all the things that we do that we wish we wouldn't. Now, we could... I could rabbit trail uh, down, you know, into a conversation around original sin and human nature and what happened at what people commonly refer to as the fall. I don't want to. I don't want to get into all that stuff. I don't want to talk for that long uh, today. However, however it is that we have come to be in the condition that we are, I think we would all agree that all of us have stuff, right? All of us do things we wish we didn't do, whether it's our inability to control our temper with our partners or with our kids or with our coworkers, or maybe it's our inability to control ourselves around food, guilty as charged, or whether it's the way we talk to people uh, who make us mad or uh, cut us off on the road, fill in the blank, whatever your thing is. I think we all have those things. I think we can agree that part's true. How, How that came to be, we can talk about that later. But when God looks at us, I think he sees more than just those things. And I think that's a really exciting thing. That's one thing. I think in a weird way, recognizing being aware of all the things that are wrong with me remind me of how really amazing God's love is for me because he loves me anyway. The same is true for my wife and even for my kids. I mean, if you look at your life and you look at the people who actually care about you, the people who really know you, and you think about the fact that they care about you even though they know your stuff too. That's really kind of amazing and really sort of humbling, isn't it? That, that for me, my wife and my two kids um, have not voted me out of the house yet, even though they, uh, on a daily basis, see kind of just the things I do, the, my, my lesser self sort of on display. That's one thing. A second thing that I think is really important is I think <clears throat> the, and this is tricky, I'm going to try to figure out the best way to say this. I think that this notion of American exceptionalism and I think it's bled into the church a bit, this idea of the overcoming Christian. I, th- I think there's a danger in that. And then I think it has the effect of making of making people feel, of isolating people. So we have this idea that to be a Christian is to be this overcomer. And particularly in America, we see Christians on TV who are always smiling, and a lot of them are very wealthy, and things look great. And then we have our, you know, we have our sort of catastrophic falls from grace. We have uh, Haggard and Baker and Swaggered going back a few years. Those things happen. But if you just sort of just take a look around, I mean, there's a, a church we've been going to as a family, and the people there are like, I mean, it's like they walk out of walked out of like a J. Crew ad. It's weird. I mean, God bless them for it, but it's just a little strange. Everybody's really, uh, really, really happy and really, really affluent, uh, and just really, really sometimes a, a bit too much. <laughs> That's okay. I don't mean to criticize the fact that they're happy people, shiny happy people. Uh, hashtag REM. But here's the thing. If we're not careful, if we don't provide a balance to that, if we don't provide a balance to the victories in our lives, if we're not honest about the battles, if we're not honest about the things that we deal with, then we are going to have the effect of isolating other believers or just other people who do struggle with things and think that they're alone in those struggles. So here's, I was thinking about this all week, about the best way to share it, because it's the first thing that came to mind when I saw Lance's comment on the website. And that is, it says, this is story time. I'll try, I'll actually... How's this for classic pastor talk? I'm going to close with this. Over the past three weeks, uh, two or three people specifically, like intentionally, have made comments to me about um, the way that I uh, 
father my kids and just the way my family life, like very complimentary things about the kids and, and my home life and how I am as a husband and as a father. Been super complimentary, uh, which I really appreciate. I, think that's, I count that as a grace, that that, that is the, the way that people perceive my life to be. And I'm thankful that, you know, for a large percent, I think that's that's true that I, I, I do love my family. I think my family loves me and we love being around each other. All those things are great. But what's interesting that over the past few weeks, that those comments have coincided with a time when sort of being introspective, looking at, at, at my life and who I am as a husband and a father, I've actually come to some negative conclusions. Like I have not been happy with myself as a father or husband over the past few weeks. The same period of time when these folks uh, by email or in person made these comments, I was actually thinking, oh, I'm... I'm kind of a, I'm kind of dropping the ball as a dad, and I've made some huge mistakes, and I, 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 I was confronted with some mistakes I've made as a husband, and I felt a lot of shame and a lot of weight for my shortcomings. So, <clears throat> here's the thing. I don't think that I need to go to those people and say, hey, thank you for your compliments, but you didn't know this. I'm actually really bad <laughs> as a dad. I don't think that's healthy. But here's what I would want to do. At some point, if I had a chance, I would love to talk to those folks and say, listen, thank you so much for saying that, but I want to encourage you. Uh, and I want you to know that that if you if you look at me and think that I'm doing a good job as a husband and dad, whatever it is, I want you to know that I have moments when I think I'm doing a terrible job. And so, because a couple of comments were made kind of in a, in a comparative way, like, man, I, I kind of wish, or it sure does seem like you, like those sorts of comments. And I would, I would love to sit down with them and say, listen, I have really, really bad days. I have days when I think I might be the worst dad that's ever walked the face of the earth. That's not to glorify my mistakes. That's not false humility. It's not uh, this sort of weird, selfish self-deprecation. That's, that's just the truth. I have days when I think, oh, no. Oh, boy. I have really done it now. And then I have other days when I don't feel that way. That's just, that's the full picture. And I think, I think if we can summon the courage to just paint an honest picture of our lives, I think that we'll find a few things to be true. One, we'll find it harder to be critical of other people because we'll remember about ourselves that we have our stuff too. That's the first thing. Two, I think we'll find that we might be able to form, it might be just slightly easier to form community because we'll find a commonality in our struggle. Now, I, I may, um, it might be that there are other uh, people in my life who don't really care how I parent either way. And so I wouldn't form that connection around that issue, but maybe um, in terms of professional satisfaction or, uh, you know, pursuing our dreams, whatever the thing is, I think if we can be honest and say, hey, this is my life and I'm thankful for all the good things, but I just want you to know there's some bad stuff too. I'm broken. I'm tired. I get angry. Uh, I'm lazy. I wish I had uh, this thing that this person had, I wish I could do this. I wish I made more money, I, whatever it is. I think if we can find a, a venue, um, a, a kind of a safe space to share our brokenness that we could actually um, journey towards wholeness. Because that's another thing too, right? I, I, I've heard lots of Christians talk about, you know, if you're not careful, you'll just kind of wallow in whatever it is. That's dumb. Of course, I would not advocate for wallowing. I mean, I've wallowed, Right. <laughs> I wouldn't advocate for that, but it's a starting point. It's not the finish line, right? So I think, I think that if we can share in our brokenness, we can actually journey towards wholeness together. That sounded super Oprah-esque, but that's okay. Oprah gets some stuff right.
So Lance, I don't know if that addresses your comments. Here's why I think we should talk about our brokenness. One, because it's true. We're all broken. It's just the truth. If, if you come across somebody and they talk to you, all they talk about is how they used to be this and they're not anymore. And I used to have this problem. And they're all used to bees and they don't have any problems now. My advice is you should probably run away from that person because they're lying. Not about the eustas. I, I have things that I'm better at now too. I'm thankfully far less controlling than I used to be, but it's still there, right? And I, my, I think I have more control on my temper than I did when say the kids were little. I, I think that's true, but I still, know it's like, I still know what it's like to lose my temper. I still know what it's like for sure to have my emotions kind of running the show. I know what that feels like. And I want to confront, I want to be really honest about that because there might be someone listening to this and this, heart, this, this reminds me of my comments in episode zero about God's economy, right? If, if seven people hear this and one of those seven, if you're listening to this right now and you think, man, I've done it again. I got in a fight with my partner and I lost my temper and I'm never, ever going to get better. I would want you to know that I know what that feels like. And that's actually not true. You can you can get better. But even right now in the moment you're in, back to how I, what I said about God, God still loves you right now. So don't be afraid to confront your brokenness. And remember that in your brokenness, you're loved and you're cherished first. And two, because that's true, there is hope that you might become slightly less broken with the passage of time. So yeah, Lance, there you go. That's my take on brokenness. I hope that makes some sense to somebody. Um, if it doesn't, um, I'll give you a full refund. <laughs> okay. Uh, as always, uh, you can find me uh, on the web at stephenjmcclure.com. You can email me at stephen at stephenjmcclure.com. Uh, you can find old episodes there or on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, and then if you've enjoyed these and you'd like for me to come talk to you in person, not like you, like at your house, that'd be, that could get weird. I guess I'd come talk to you at your house. I, I don't know, maybe dinner? Uh, I'd love to come speak to your group. Check out the website. There's a tab for booking. Um, thank you so much. Hey, listen, in case you didn't know it, you're broken. You just are. But there's a really good chance that you're not as broken as you used to be. And I can almost guarantee you that you'll, you'll probably be less broken than you are now uh, in a month, maybe in a year. And this is most important. However broken you are right in this moment, you really are genuinely, really serious. I'm serious. No, I'm not even kidding. You're just precious to God right now. So I want you to know that. My name's Stephen. Thanks for listening. Until we're together again, listen, be well, be broken.